Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast for Monday, December 14th. I'm Caroline Gonzalez alongside ESPN's Mike Triplett to recap the New Orleans Saints loss to the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday, 24-21. to And I mean, plain and simple, Mike, that just was an uncharacteristic game for the Saints team. Plain and simple. Yeah, uh, especially, um, you know, the run defense has established itself as the best run defense in the league. They gave up almost... 250 rushing yards um that that's probably the biggest surprise of all but yeah you could will lutz misses two field goals uh um there was the one time where uh morstead had the punt that looked like it was gonna get down at the one yard line and it bounces off a couple of hands it it just felt like one of those days where you you name it and it didn't go well yeah and i felt like it was like that for everyone all day at least on my end but anyway um when you when you talk about Taysom hill when you just break things down he's had four games now and it seemed like before yesterday he had improved quarter by quarter game by game um and yesterday he faced a really good defense what do you think we've learned about Taysom over these over the accumulation of these last four games yeah learned is a tough word because i i don't know that we're much further along than we were a month ago to to say definitively whether he could be the next starting quarterback for the saints um the most impressive things he'd done, he's, he, he's done, he started doing right away in that first game, being uh, more efficient as a pocket passer, throwing the ball downfield than I think we expected. I'm really kind of surprised they haven't used his legs more because he's so special running the ball. We saw Jalen Hurts do that t- to the Saints yesterday. Um, but the turnovers, you know, one or two turnovers that pop up each week seem to be an issue. So we're seeing some inconsistency. We're seeing some flashes of potential and, and we kind of feel probably about the same way as we did before. He, he, he's, you know, the, the harshest critics, he's not a gimmick. He's not a joke. He could definitely be, should be considered a serious candidate for the role, but he's certainly not a finished product by any means. Yeah, by any means. And and that's okay. Because you know, if, if you were to say after that first game with Taysom Hill, like, oh, this is a starting quarterback, you know, nobody would say that that was his first NFL start. And he did pretty well. And I mean, these are his first four games starting as a quarterback in the NFL. So maybe a little bit of slack. But on that same note, what have you heard about Drew Brees and his return and, you know, his his expectations for next week? I think, yeah, I mean, nobody has committed to, to anything um, about when exactly he'll come back. So we're not working with like, uh, this is the timetable like you do with some other injuries. It seems almost like a long shot for him to come back this week. Uh, but we, you know, we know he has to wait for the doctors to sign off on it and say, you've, you've met all the criteria. And we know the day they do that, Drew Brees is going to say, I'm starting. Even if, even if he's like running, even if they tell him that at halftime of the game, he's going to demand they make a switch in the second half. So, hey, Drew, your uh, muscle is falling off of your rib cage. Oh, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fine. <laughs> um, so, I mean, really, that, that, that answer requires some medical expertise that I don't have. But you know, if you read between the lines, you've heard, uh, you know, Drew talk after games about how he's getting antsy and thinks he's getting closer. We've seen him on the practice field doing some things warming up before the game. So we know he's on the path. I have a feeling it'll be in the regular season. I don't know that it'll be this week. Have you ever had a rib injury, Mike? Yeah, I've had like one bruised rib that like two weeks later while it was still hurting, you know, I was like, should I go to the doctor and check this out? Could this, you know, Maybe it was cracked. Who knows? But I think that was my research was it doesn't matter if it is or not. <laughs> There's nothing they're going to do about it. So you just have to deal with it. 
well, with the fade, I, but yeah, I've never had 11 at the same time. This I was about to say, 11 seems like, <laughs> like I've had one cracked rib, like just, just a small crack, and you would have thought that it was the end of the world. I was on the, you know, on bed rest, like nobody talked to me, just bring me food and take care of me. 11 yeah. is insane to think about, and especially with this timetable t- time of coming back to play not just any sport, but football, where you're probably going to get taken to, down to the ground. Well, and and the the medical expertise that I have gleaned from others is how much it affects range of motion. We've heard that term a few times throughout the recovery process, obviously. And look, I can give you a visual. You know, <laughs> you need to be able to, you know, this hurts if you have a rib injury, just raising your hand. Um, if you're raising your hand and trying to throw the ball 40 yards down the field, um, you know, you've got to be able to twist, you got to be able to turn, you got to be able to lift. Uh, so range of motion, I, th- I think is a key, um, not pain tolerance, but being able to, you know, play, play football and, and not have your body shut itself down. Yeah, absolutely. Well, on Monday morning, Sheldon Rankins and Eric McCoy talk on, I guess, behalf of the offensive and defensive line, which in the trenches yesterday, the Saints got a little bit more banged up than we're used to seeing offensive and defensively. Defense gave up five sacks against, you know, we knew this this Eagles defense was a good defense. What did you take away from those interviews with Eric McCoy and Sheldon Rankins? Well, I, I mean, they didn't say anything that surprised me. Um, I, I don't think any of us would be surprised to see them respond to a loss like that. Um, look, I've I've covered the NFL for a long time, and the the concept of coming out flat um, still eludes me as, as to how you can identify when it's going to happen. You can identify it after the fact. Yeah. Um, but this was a game where you know everyone from Sean Payton to the players acknowledged they they didn't come out. Um, with the, the, you know, what do they say, sense of urgency or, uh, uh, and, and certainly that leads to execution. I mean, you, you have to always be on your game. Um, and the one thing is, yeah, it'd be nice to go back and say, why didn't they do that in Philadelphia? But, but the one thing you can be confident of is that is something they will now do. A, a loss like this has a way of waking you up and getting your full attention before the next game. I think the Kansas City Chiefs coming in the Superdome will also uh, have that effect. So, uh, look, you could worry about their offensive line. You could worry about their defensive line. You could worry about Taysom Hill as a starting quarterback. I don't think you can worry about another flat performance this week. Yeah, you could essentially worry about everyone after yesterday's game because yeah. nobody really played exceptionally well. But you just mentioned it's kind of like the comeback to earth mo- moment. You know, you were living high, nine straight wins, and now you kind of get brought back to earth. What does this week in practice look like? Not only coming back after a loss like that, but you're about to face a Kansas City Chiefs team and Patrick yeah. Mahomes, who is, you know, fairly good. I mean, just yeah. a little bit. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's interesting, though. He poses, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill pose a uh, huge threat to the secondary and deep passing plays, which is one thing that actually didn't just happen in this game because that wasn't the style of game that, that the Eagles played. Um, but yeah, just in general, uh, intensity, focus, urgency, any cliche term you want to throw out, uh, you know, they obviously cannot lose another game if they want the number one seed in the NFC. The number two seed is now uh, uh, up for debate. Um, so, and, and look with only three weeks left in the season, um, that that's, they're going to be, you know, you know, pedal to the metal, the rest of the season, uh, which you would have thought before this game too, but, uh, any of those intangible things about uh, focus or intensity in practice is, is, is an obvious, I think. Obvious. All right. So we're, we're, 
wiping our hands clean of that game. We're over it. We're moving on. 24-hour rule. It hasn't been 24 hours yet, but we're yeah. just going to pretend like it has been. We yeah, that 24-hour gotten... rule is easier to follow a game like that. Isn't <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, I don't want to think about it anymore. Um, we haven't really gotten a local media perspective on Demario Davis. On Friday, we had Stacey Dales on the podcast, but obviously Demario Davis, the Saints Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee. Yeah. Um, what have been your thoughts or what were your thoughts when you found out that he was nominated? Well, I mean, and obvious, I, you know, he could have he could have uh, won either of his other two years with the, right. the Saints either. But I mean, my first immediate thought was if they still do it the way they've always done it, um, he'll be one of the three finalists that they invite to uh, Super Bowl uh, week. Um, and, and we find out that night if he might win the national award. He, he you know, obviously is going to be one of those guys, I think, in the running for that. And, and just, you know, I've written this a couple times before, but it, there's a strong argument to be made that he's the best free agent addition they've made since Drew Brees, because on the field, he, he's a candidate for that award at first team all pro last year playing um, just as well this year for the most part, but um, off the field as a leader, as a guy, you know, runs their pregame huddle as, you know, just, you know, the kind of guy he is, um, what a fit he's been. Yeah, he's been fantastic. And and you mentioned it. Not only has he done incredible work on the community, but all of that translate translates pretty much directly into the locker room. And I feel like having him and Malcolm Jenkins in the same place has just really brought the spirits up and brought the overall oomph up of the Saints locker room. I mean, he's the, all the all the intangibles, all the cliches you can say about yeah. athletes impacting the locker room. That is Demario Davis to a T. Yeah. I wish we could come up with some better phrases about him, but <laughs> he is everything. All right, Michael, we'll let you go. We appreciate you joining us to recap the Saints 24 to 21 loss against the Eagles. Hopefully we can. Uh, I don't remember if you had me on during the nine game win streak. Am I some sort of a, you know. You're voodoo. Oh, well, I mean, what can I say? No, it's the opposite. It's like, you know, so it's maybe I'm the, uh, you know, the guy who breaks the streak. Maybe I'm the good luck. Isn't it funny that we we always bring those direct correlations to us? Like I was in the control room oh, yeah, 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 yeah. watching the game until Taysom Hill, you know, got sacked and had the fumble, and I was like, you know what? That was it. It was all on me. I left the control room. Like that's well, whatever fault. whatever you did yesterday, don't do it again. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right, Michael. We appreciate your time. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks. I know you all wish we were standing up and getting crunk as we usually are on Monday, but unfortunately not this week. You can do it on your own from your work from home setup. Nobody will judge you if you just need a little, you know, extra juice, play the song, get excited, uh, get ready for your work week. But we will move on from this Saints loss uh, to next week's game against the Kansas City Chiefs at home in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, finally. Also, Saints fans, 11 days until Christmas, which means 11 days until the New Orleans Saints take on the Minnesota Vikings. So you need to get your Christmas shopping done right now. And the easiest way to do that is to go to shop.neworleansaints.com. There is a, a sale going on right now up to 65% off site-wide. Hopefully you are listening to this in enough time to go get your Saints gear online. Again, that is shop.neworleansaints.com. Uh, there's a sale going on right now. You can get your holiday gifts. Make sure you're decked out in black and gold, uh, not only for next week's game against the Kansas City Chiefs, but the Christmas Day game against the Minnesota Vikings. And, you know, spread the love with a little black and gold. Make sure everyone around you wearing black and gold from head to toe. All right, that'll do it for today's New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. We'll have another edition on Wednesday and, of course, on Friday. Thanks to ESPN's Mike Triplett for joining us, and we'll talk again on Wednesday.